0: blog Talk
1: Radio. Life is supersonic, we've gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again. We are exploding, the world is gonna know it's we we'll rocket like you're never gonna see us again Come on
0: over Come on over Andy, good evening to you all. It is 11 p.m. and Pure Gold is live on the air for this Tuesday night, August 5th, 2014. Welcome once again to the show that covers everything and anything that tells it like it is. My name is Joe Pacino. My co-host and tag team partner, as always, is David Gomez. Sir, how are you? Woo, woo,
1: woo, woo. Sir, excited as always to be a part of the show, excited as always to run the show, excited as always to be the talent behind the show. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. The two of you out there listening, probably one of our parents maybe, who knows, maybe Angel from Woodland Park, maybe Neil from Belleville, who knows, Make sure to check us out, PureGoPG.com, call in the show, 714-364-4721. And, sir, I have to, before I turn it over to you for a second, um, you're going to find this interesting. Do you know the group that does our theme song, unknowingly, of course, because they have no idea that we co-opted their song uh, as our theme song. Do you know that they're actually getting regular radio airplay on uh, Sirius XM
0: Wow, I did not. Is, it th- is this song being played on Sirius this song no, but
1: they have another song. It, it, they're a Christian band called Seventh Time Down, and uh, the song is called Just Say Jesus, and it's actually a really good song. Um, and I remember hearing it, and of course, being excited because they do this theme song for Pure Gold, and you know we had to pay big money to get those rights. But the fact that they're actually known now—if you were to say the name in, in the Christian music circle, people know who they are. You know, before they were more—you know—they were the most famous for being uh, part of Our show, sir, even though of yeah. course. We've tried to get them on the show, but that's probably never going to happen.
0: <laughs> I mean, I've loved this theme song since the, the inception of uh, our show. After we decided not to go with the the DX music because we knew that Vince McMahon would eventually sue our sorry but, um, you know, going with this song was probably the best, and I've not wanted to change it ever since.
1: Well, sir, do you realize also that last week uh, we didn't even touch on this? And it's shame on, uh, shame on you! Uh, and it's probably because of the fact that you did that, that scum, the sheer scum, betrayal that I always talk about at the solo show. Um, last week was our 175th episode. Can you believe
0: that? Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to try to buy some time because I know you got to do a couple of things there. But I was going to say that we, we need to get to 200. And when we get to 200, we got to plan out a, a big, big, big show because we're only 25 away. And I think we can get like there the in the show? next couple of months. <laughs> yeah, the big show. I don't even know where he's been lately, by the way.
1: Well, if you think about uh, considering our track record, it'll take us six months of doing a show every week to get there. But realistically, it'll probably take us like another year because we like to skip weeks on end.
0: <laughs> That's true, and uh, we won't be doing a show for another week or so because I'll be, in, unfortunately, in Austin, Texas next week um, for business. Um, fingers crossed that that doesn't happen, but if it does, we might have to preview Summerfest tonight instead oh, of wait, next week.
1: Wait! Wait a, wait a second, wait a second. So you're not going to be on the air next week? You're going to be in Austin? Yeah,
0: does Austin, that mean solo show Austin, DG style? Austin.
1: <laughs> oh, hell yeah, solo show DG style. But solo show DG style really means getting a better co-host, maybe getting multiple co-hosts, maybe getting five or six guests. I mean, who knows? But I'm going to make sure that it's the greatest episode in the history of this program. Unlike you, though, I'll make sure to find a way to get you on whether it's playing a sound bite, playing a clip, whatever the case is, but I'll make sure that uh, JB appears on there in some way, shape, or form. No wait, no, yeah. no,
0: no, wait
1: a second. No, wait a second, David. Wait, David, David. First of all, wait, first of all, wait, a, second. wait a second, David, for a second. let me. Wait
0: a second. You... Dave, can we uh, get to the rundown before we actually, you know, get into our show? Let's talk about the rundown oh, tonight. Oh,
1: oh, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Go, sir, go.
0: Go. So, We'll definitely be talking some wrestling, some WWE, some TNA as we get closer to SummerSlam and to the end of TNA. We we touch upon it a little bit, but Mike Knox, man, was he a fireball and a house of flames uh, last week? The guy just was on fire and uh, so emphatic with his views. So we'll just try to get our PG views tonight. We'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about the baseball deadline that just passed. Just talk about some big trades that happened. Get your take on that. We'll talk about the NFL and the Hall of Fame inductions. Football is definitely back now. We had our first game, albeit an exhibition game, this past Sunday, Giants. Uh, we'll talk some movies. Hopefully we'll talk about the Batman versus Superman movie, get your take, some things on that. The new Hobbit movie, the new trailer came out, which will be out in December, and then this new disaster movie, which I'm really excited about because I'm all about disaster movies, is Into the Storm. It looks cheesy, I guess, but, you know, like I said, I'm all into disaster movies. Then we'll get some nuggets. I want to talk about a little bit about Ray Rice and uh, his suspension and uh, talk about Tiger Woods if we have some time, which tonight I think we do have a lot of time to uh, discuss different things. So anybody out there listening, if you want to call in, 714-364-4721. As Dave said, we are closing in on 200, but the way at our pace we might get to 200 in the year 2017. So I don't know if Dave... Are you back here
1: Or not yet Oh no I didn't go anywhere Actually I, I did everything uh, That I had to do you know, The errands wow. I was running Of course Because I'm home I did everything While we were, while I was talking To you before So it all good
0: You the man Alright let's not Get into wrestling Right away Because it's been Wrestling all the time Do you mind If we just talk About some baseball Yeah of course Alright so the Training deadline Was uh, the 31st of July And we had You know the Mets uh, Pretty much Stand pat And didn't make Any moves They didn't Get rid of Bartolo Colon, which I thought that they might try to unload on, but you know, there's still the month of August to make trades per se, but they have to just trade, um, they have to just clear waivers. Um, I guess some of the bigger trades was um, Price going from the Tampa Bay Rays all the way to the Oakland A's, and now the Oakland A's and the Detroit Tigers have some serious pitching staffs to contend with um, against the likes of the L.A. Dodgers, even the San Francisco Giants. So um, it's interesting to see Price leave, considering that the, the Rays weren't technically out of it officially, but they they became sellers, and a team like that I always thought Sir? would. Yeah, Sir? go ahead.
1: Um, David Price, just, you know, in case you're wondering, he is uh, a Detroit Tiger, so I don't know where this uh, Oakland A's business is.
0: Oh, I'll get to the trade that the Oakland A's made, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, the, it was interesting to see David Price be traded from the Rays because I thought that they were actually coming on um, of late. The last, I think, fifteen or twenty games, they were something like twenty and five. Um, do you find it interesting that they would go and, and, and uh, trade their best pitcher mid-season?
1: Um, no, because the, the the Rays are the type of team that, you know, they're not. They're not really going for it. 2009 was their time. They should have won the World Series. They should have beaten the Phillies. They didn't do it. That was really the chance that they had, and I think that their type of team, you know, they're going to be a farm system for other uh, organizations, unfortunately, because they don't have the money to keep their team together. They weren't going to pay David Price a ton of money, so they may as well go out there and get what they can. <clears throat> of course, there was a lot of talk that they it's probably the worst haul that any team has ever gotten in return for a Cy Young award winner, you know, a picture of David Price's caliber, but, you know, I mean, I guess it is what it is. Uh, you know, People criticize The people say what they have to say. But I really think that at the end of the day, they got, what I guess, what they felt best. You know, I mean, you expect them to get a really good uh, deal. I'm sure that there were a lot of teams who would have been willing to to deal with that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is, like I said. To... You're
0: right. The other big trade was, you know, the Boston Red Sox, which I found interesting that they would, um, you know, they did win the World Series last year. And this is a big market team, so you know, you figure that they have unlimited resources, just like the New York Yankees. I, I found it very interesting that they traded John Lester to the Oakland A's. Unless, um, you know, their their goal is, and, and John Lester had said this on record before he was traded to the Oakland A's, he said that um, he would not hold um, any trade against the Boston Red Sox. So he's, uh, if the money was right, I guess he would be willing to go back there. But he trade, he gets traded for the WWE champion, the two-time WWE champion, I mean, home run derby champion, sir, Mr. Cespedes. Uh, I thought that trade was probably the most intriguing trade of the of the whole day, of that deadline.
1: Yeah, I agree with you all. I think the pressure is probably more intriguing to me because, of course, he went to the team that now, People are favoring to not only make it to the World Series but to win the World Series in the Detroit Tigers. Um, but I think that I think the trade that you're referring to is interesting because John Lester, of course, a, you know, really good pitcher. He's done such a great job for the Red Sox. He's been the you know, he's taken team with him, won world titles, et cetera, et cetera, uh, world championships. He's won belts. I mean, Intercontinental, United States, World Heavyweight <laughs> Champion. Yep. I mean, he's pretty much out, he's pretty much held every title and he's had some big matches at WrestleMania. But. <laughs> but <laughs> when you look at his uh, his pedigree, what you said about him not saying that he's not going to hold it against the Red Sox, I firmly believe that he's going to end up back with the Red Sox. I firmly believe that they're going to go out there and re-sign him, and that's the reason that they did this trade, because they thought they can get something for him. And they went out, you know, they got a good player in Cespedes, who, even though he has a terrible batting average, but other than that, you know, good ball player. And, uh, you know, they did what they had to do. I do think it was a good move in that sense. Obviously, they're not going anywhere this year, and they're they're trying to reach over next year. But I think it hinges on them re-signing Lester, because if not, getting rid of you a know, guy who could be your franchise pitcher who's been a great member of your team for years, I don't know if that was necessarily a good move if they're not going to go and bring him back.
0: No, you're right. And hopefully, uh, for the sake of the Yankee haters, that they do bring back John Lester, because... The way I see it is that if you keep losing pitchers like you know David Price going to the Tigers and John Lester uh, to the Oakland A's, if they ever get re-signed next year by those respective teams, I just think that the Yankees right now are in such flux that, um, and I did say flux, fl, um, that you know their starting pitching is is uh, so uh, atrocious right now. Tanaka is a question mark. CC Sabathia is a, another bigger question mark. So their their team is in disarray in terms of starting pitching, and now you trade away two great pitchers at that division, so the Yankees are right back in it, I feel, now, if unless these guys come back to their respective teams. I don't see David Price come back to, this, the, you know, to the temporary raise, but hopefully, like you said, John Lester does. Um, so when you look at these trades that these teams made, like the Detroit Tigers now, look at their pitching staff. I mean, you have Scherzer, you have um, David Price, and you have Porcello and even uh, Verlander. The, that pitching staff is, is pretty top-notch. And then you look at the, the teams like, you know, again, the Dodgers, the um, the Giants, and the Oakland A's. All these teams have loaded pitching staffs. And then the, real, the reason why I bring this up is because the Mets also will, will claim to have one of the better pitching staffs next year. My question to you, sir, is with all these prospects, with the Grom, with Harvey pitching, he, I think he pitched 20 pitches off the mound today, come back from Tommy John surgery, how do you feel the Mets will, will fare against um, you know, other teams that already have established pitching staffs? Do you feel like they're definitely going to be legit next year with their pitching, or do you think it's still a question mark?
1: I think it's still a question mark because the problem I have with the Mets is it's always, let's see about next year, it's always wait until next year, it's always next year, next year, next year. And the truth is that next year never shows up. Next year never comes. Next year is never here. The Mets are always looking at next year. They've been looking at next year since 1986. You know, obviously, you know, obviously, there's an issue. Um, I'm just trying to think I have a I have a comment here. one of, one of my old old buddies here is telling me that the the sound is too low, so I'm not sure what's going on with that. but I, I think the problem here is that when you look at the message as an organization, when you look at the team, the, it like I said, it's always next year, it's always about next year. It's never now, it's never happening. It's never the type of thing where, man, the Mets are going to do it. You have confidence in the Mets to do it. You can't have confidence. Do the Mets have a good, you know, basis for a pitching staff? Of course they do. They have a very good basis for a pitching staff. Uh, Probably one of the better pitching staffs in the league, especially with the starting rotation when, again, if Harvey comes back healthy, the Mets are going to be a juggernaut in terms of pitching. But they still can't hit, and I think that's what it all boils down to. If Sandy Alderson is going to go out there and he has not shown a propensity to make good moves, he's not shown a propensity to make offensive-minded moves, if he's going to go out there and he's going to get another, you know, another Punch and Judy hitter, another guy who's going to be, you know, the Chris Youngs of the world, I think that is the problem. You know, I think that's the issue. The issue is, um, you know, the issue is that do you have confidence in this general manager to go out there and make a good move? Let's look at the moves that he's done. Even if you take offense out of it, well, let's include it, but let's not focus on offense. Chris Young's terrible. Frank Francisco, terrible. John Roush, terrible. Uh, You know, the list goes, DJ Carrasco, the list goes on and on. Whoever this guy brings in here, it's just not good. You know, when can you say, man, that was a good move by Sandy? Sandy has not made good moves. The only move that looks like it's going to turn out well, and the only move that seems to be a good move so far, is, of course, um, you know, Zach trade for Carlos Beltran, because Beltran was leaving, and then you end up getting, you know, a nice haul, a nice haul uh, return. A guy who could be an ace-type pitcher or number two and number three, you know, in Zach Wheeler, who seems to be coming together now. Other than that, Sandy hasn't done anything good, sir.
0: No, I, I mean, I hear you. I, I think that, uh, and you're right, we always talk about, as Met fans, as, as Met, uh, Met hopefuls, we always talk about the year, next year, next year, next year. You're right. And because Harvey goes down, it's all about next year because, you know, he is the ace of the staff. I'm just wondering, because. I don't think for some reason you're not sold on Degrom, and I know that he's only pitched uh, half a season this year, or not even a full season yet. But I feel like he has the potential of being um, uh, not the ace per se, but if Harvey comes back and is is as good as he was before, I think Harvey is a. I mean, Degrom is a great number two. I mean, I put him as number two right now. um, The way he's been pitching this year, I, I think that you call him the poor man Lincecum, I believe.
1: Yeah, I never said the poor man Tim and I said he looks like a homeless version of Tim Lincegum. The reason oh, okay. I'm not sold on the that honestly, if you want to know the truth, the reason that I'm not sold on the grom, is because he's a Met. You know, that's <laughs> pretty much what it boils down to. The Mets have never had guys pan out. And, you know, Matt Harvey, again, he looks good, but Matt Harvey could flop it up. He could slop it up, of course, after... after um, He comes back from Tommy John surgery, you know, and and that's going to be an issue. So is he going to come back? Is he going to be any good? Who knows? You know, and and that is ultimately what the problem is with this team is that you just don't know what they're going to do. You don't, Like I said, you don't have confidence in the general manager to do anything good. You don't have confidence that he's going to come up and he's really going to, you know, make it happen, as it were. What what do you have confidence in? You have confidence in the fact that he's going to swap it up. You have confidence in the fact that he's not going to, make you feel confident, and you have confidence in the fact that, you know, the Mets tend to just, things fall by the wayside, and then and they just don't seem to pull through. And ultimately, sir, that's the real issue, and, you know, that's the problem that I have with this team, is that, you know, do I want the Mets to be good? Yes. Do I want to be an optimistic Mets fan? Yes. Do I want the Mets to make it to the World Series? You know, hell, do I want the Mets to have a winning record? Absolutely. You will hear are going nuts about the Mets winning multiple World Series. And I know you're, part of you, you know, you were, you were jousting, adjusting, I guess it, I guess it would be ingest, jest. But, um, you know, you're joking around about the whole situation. But the truth is that that's how Mets fans are. You know, I, I get people talking about how Juan Lagares is, the, you know, the second coming of uh, Willie Mays Hayes. I mean, come on, like, let's, let's be honest here. Lagares needs to prove over time that he's going to be good. He's had a couple, you know, he's basically have like a good season and a half or so with the Mets. But is this guy going to be the real deal? like Evander Holyfield, and that's the issue. The issue is, is he going to make it? Is he going to be a star player? you got to give these guys five years, three, at least three years of top-notch performance for me to say anything about them being elite. And, and Mets fans already talk about this guy like he's, you know, William Hayes.
0: Yeah, and the bottom line is... Shut
1: up! Shut up!
0: Shut up! Shut up! I mean that that is the bottom line. I mean injuries aside, next year, uh, even with injuries next year, Sandy Olson, this has to be the year. This off season has to be the year that Sandy Olson takes some of these top prospect pitching and turns them into uh, and gets some offensive players. Because sir, I mean we've talked about this at nauseum too. David Wright, I mean I don't know what's up with him. I don't know if he was on steroids at one time and decided to stop taking steroids, but he has lost all offensive power. Um, both at home and on the and on the road, so I, I really don't know what's happened to him. He's definitely not the franchise player that you could build a team around. Yeah, he, he could be a good complementary player, but for the amount of money that they gave him, I think they just want a face of the franchise in David Wright. And I don't know why they saw that in him. I guess he's a good guy off the field, but you know, the bottom line, sir, is that it's about performance, and David Wright is just not the, the the clutch player that we thought he'd be in his career.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, again, they met Sandman because they thought they had to. I've n- never thought that David Wright was that franchise player. Never thought that David Wright was that great. I just thought he was good, nice player, but not uh, not a first-belt Hall of Fame type. Just a guy whose numbers have fallen by the wayside, and I honestly don't know if he's ever going to come back to form, but it doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like David Wright is ever going to be that player that we thought he was going to be. I mean, the truth is, he's, I've said this before on the show. He's a number two, number three type of guy. He's not the ace of the staff offensively. He's a good complimentary player for you know another player. If you had an Aldo Pujols, if you had a Mike Piazza in his prime, that's when a guy like you know David Wright is really valuable. But on this team, you know he's just getting lost.
0: That They signed to this huge uh, contract, and then you look at somebody like on the Marlins, if you want to just go and try to take you know, their best player, John Carlos Stanton, if even if you want to package David Wright and maybe a Zach Wheeler uh, for John Carlos, I don't think the, the Marlins would do it because they don't want to pay that albatross of a contract in David Wright.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's always a problem when you sign these guys to huge contract. But you would think that a uh, position player would be, would be better off. I mean, when you look at David's numbers, I'm looking right now, the guy... Let's look at his career. I don't know. If he, I don't. I don't think he was juicy or not. But you know, his first season he played half a season, so he can't really count that. But um, you know, when you look at this guy's stats, look, look at this. His first season in the big league, he was batting 293, 14 homers and 40 RBI in 70 games. This year, in 105 games, he's got six less home runs and 13 more RBIs. Eight homers, 53 RBI, and his batting average is 22 points lower. I mean, all of his numbers, slugging percentage is almost 200, you know, 150 points lower. OPS, 150 points. I mean, everything, every single thing is lower here, basically. Then you look at the rest of his seasons in 05, when he became a full-time player, 27-102, um, 306. 26-116, 311. 30, 107, 325. 33, 124, 302. Those four full seasons are, like, all-time great seasons. Betting over 300. Hell, he hit three twenty five for a season once, you know, uh, twenty over twenty five home runs every year, over a hundred RBI every year for that stretch. I mean, an amazing stretch. Then he went to the All Star game. He, you know, did his home run derby thing. And when you look at two thousand, uh, what, what do we have here? What was the season that he really flopped? Two thousand nine, which is the first year of City Field. Ten homers, seventy two RBI, 307. still a good batting average, but his RBI dropped. Um, what fifty he fifty two less RBI, and twenty three less home runs, in only about sixteen less games. That's a huge difference. Then you know he had a good year in 2010 29-103 2011 not the not a good year fourteen sixty one, then twelve twenty twelve twenty one ninety three, last year eighteen fifty eight played one hundred and twelve games. I mean he's he's turning into Howard Johnson where every other year he has a big year and then every year that he's not big he's just terrible or so he's average
0: okay but if you're saying that he may not like i don't want to accuse the guy of not taking of taking steroids or some performance enhancing drug but so do you, are you telling me that without protection like Delgado back in the day and Carlos Beltran and even to an extent Jose Reyes he just doesn't yes. he can't you know they they pitch around him or he he tries too hard Because this line really sucks from top to bottom, except for Dave Wright, if you think about it.
1: Well, and and that's the problem. That's the real issue. The real issue is the fact that David Wright is not the franchise. Like, he's the Mets franchise, but he is not, like, the franchise player. And that is the problem, you know. It really is, because he needs Carlos Belcher. He needs a, a Carlos Delgado. He needs guys who are going to surround him and guys who are going to be better than him and guys that are really just going to help take the team to the top. And that's the problem with him is that, you know, he doesn't have that. There's nobody on this team where you could sit there and say, man, David Wright is a really, you know, David Wright is really carrying the load. There's nobody who's going to help him carry that load. And I always use a Mike Piazza example because he he started his career when Piazza's career was ending. But if if you look at the Mike Piazza's of the world, that's the kind of player David Wright needs to hit behind, but hitting in front of, you know, behind Curtis Granderson or in front of, leave just dude. I mean, yeah, these aren't the type of players that that are really gonna you know, take him to that next level, sir. They're
0: not, and you're right. So it's safe to say that the it's uh, We we know what the if we're general if we're the general manager of the Mets if we're Sandy Alderson. And again, another aspect of this is that we talked about this at nauseum too is that. The Wilpons are just not the right owners for a team to be, you know, for uh, a New York City team because you expect to win almost every year with a New York City team. You're, you know, you have you're supposed to have unlimited resources. The Mets are losing money like consistently with with their poor attendance uh, at the games and their, you know, their whole Madoff uh, money scheme, whatever that was, a couple years ago. So we we want the mets not only to improve off the field and obviously on the field but you know sandy orson i don't know how like you know what kind of budget he's going to be given next year but i think that next year is going to be his year to either make it or break it so if he doesn't go out and tell the willpons listen i think this is the year that we can actually be a winning team and actually be in the playoffs and win the potentially win the division I, I I think he gets fired, but also, sir, I, I'm also sick of the low ponds in general, and I I know that we haven't talked about it recently, but who knows what kind of budget he's going to be given next year to improve this team.
1: That's the other issue, you know. Is it all Sandy's fault? Of course not. I just don't have any confidence in Sandy Alderson being a good general manager. But clearly, it's not all his fault. You know, he's not the only problem on this team. But at the end of the day. He's the guy that we look at and say, "Well, he's a general manager, so it's his job to make moves." You know? And the truth yeah. is that he's not. He's not a great GM. He's not a GM for this system. He's the type of GM that was great in Oakland, you know? He that's that's, that's where he's at. That's the kind of guy that he is. Not the kind of guy who is going to make it a big impact cuz his philosophy, his philosophy for baseball doesn't really fit in the New York marketplace. His philosophy doesn't really fit. Uh I have a, a little mini visitor here. Coming to say hi, of course, you guys know we're out of our homes. Um to <laughs> love that my my daughter comes over here and says hello to me. She's actually right next to me. Hi Bella, how are you? <laughs> um a funny thing, uh so yeah, we out of your homes, Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, out of your homes and this is the kind of stuff that happens. But um like I said, it's just it is what it is. You know, there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. His philosophy doesn't work in New York. His philosophy doesn't work for the Mets. Small market, yes. Billy Beans to the world, yes, but not here, sir. And that's a problem.
0: That is a problem. So I think we've talked about the Mets more than we've talked about them in the last couple months to a year because uh, the Mets are just so irrelevant. But now that their pitching is coming up, you know, it's it's a good talking point. And obviously, definitely, maybe we have to talk about next year with the Mets because it's always about next year with them, like you said. So, um, let's jump off the Mets. Ban- um, let's let's jump off the Mets topic because it's already eleven thirty, I see, and we've talked about the Mets, I think, enough. Let's. Uh, well, yeah, let's fire- how, how, do,
1: how do we talk twenty five minutes about
0: the Mets? I don't know, but we can. We we pretty much could talk about anything, and everything, like our tagline says. Um, but turning our attention to football, the Hall Fame. Um game was this past weekend, and um you know your boy Michael Strahan, got into the Hall of Fame as well as bill Parcells, no that 's not Bill Parcells that was last year, right
1: yeah, that was last year. <laughs> that was last year <laughs> so, let
0: you me know, ask you this when let me think let me ask you this when you think of Michael Strahan, do you think Hall of famer? I know that he's uh, he was a freak when and he was a uh, great in his prime. The thing that tarnishes it for me is like when he broke the sack record, and again, if sacks were um if that stat was actually tracked way back when, um, I forget, some guy from the Cleveland Browns would have the most sacks um, in the history of the NFL. But when you think of Michael Strahan breaking the sack record and he lets how, how Brett Favre let him sack him, did, does that tarnish anything for you? Do you feel like Michael Strahan should have been inducted into the Hall of Fame?
1: It doesn't tarnish anything for me because I'm a Giants fan and I love the fact that he has the all-time sack record. <laughs> but I can totally see why that would tarnish it for many people. And I can totally understand why, um, you know, people have a problem with that. But at the end of the day, he's, he's Michael Strahan, and, you know, he's a giant great, all-time great. When I think of Hall of Fame, do I think of Michael Strahan? No. But do I think Michael Strahan is a Hall of Fame player? Yeah, I do. You know, I think he said maybe he could have waited a couple of years. Uh, I think the title in his last season really cemented his legacy. But, I mean, he's a hell of a ball player, so he's a great ball player. and um, But... Do I think the greatest of the great in him? No, not in general in football, but as a great giant, absolutely. I mean, he's not Lawrence Taylor, let's put it that way, but he's the closest thing that you know this generation of giants is, is ever going to get. To uh, and again, I'm not comparing him to Lawrence because he's definitely not as dominant. But when you think about like the franchise of the team in, in defensively, then I mean, who else is there for them but Michael Strahan?
0: unfortunately the I mean the Giants are making news um, on the um, on the I guess negative front where you you have like David Wilson announcing his retirement with too many injuries and Snead retired uh, a couple weeks ago before that because of injuries it just seems like and now the Giants have a new offensive coordinator with a new offensive system Um, you know Eli Manning is going to be really tested and you know what's interesting about Eli Manning and we talked about this um, is that He's a two-time Super Bowl MVP, and it seems like Giants fans are never satisfied with the guy. I think, you know, I as a Jet fan, completely. That, completely yeah. I, the, the thing that I find funny is that I'm a Jet fan that will never probably see a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl let alone a Super Bowl championship. Um, you know, if, if that was me and I had a Super Bowl, two-time Super Bowl MVP, he's got a, a pass for the rest of his career. I mean, he's won you two Super Bowls in your lifetime. What else do you want from the guy?
1: Oh, as a Jets fan, for you, I mean, the guy wins one game, he, you know, he's an all-time great. And, you know, you think he's the greatest, uh, you know, quarterback of all time. Like uh, enter, uh, you know, Mark Sanchez, of course, guy goes to the playoffs once or twice, and you know, he's, he's the second coming of uh, of Joe Namath, you know, Broadway Joe. But I agree with you. I think Giants fans are never happy. That's just the way that it is. Uh, you know, it's that mentality, it's a Yankees mentality, because most Yankee fans uh, are Giants fans, of course, which is. You know, sad but true. But, uh... next Spencer needs somebody to throw to! Him. Shame on you! Stop smoking the Woody Johnson crack Pipe! Joe
0: in Wallington. What's up, Joe? <laughs> hey, Mike, how you doing? <laughs> you gotta love that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the Giants fans tend to be very negative Nellies. I think they tend to be... My brother hates Eli Manning. I mean, my brother is, is one of the biggest Giants fans I know, and he he despises Eli Manning, not as much as he hates Kerry Collins, which he wished ill upon Kerry Collins, a real sick guy. My brother, but, uh, but at the end of the day, um, I think Giants fans are ungrateful. Eli, I, I don't know if he deserved the MVP. He didn't deserve the MVP in their first Super Bowl win, but he's a good he's a good quarterback. You know, he's good. He's he's good in the clutch. But what I don't like about Eli, and what really drives me nuts, right, is the fact that people look at him and tell you know, he's going to come back in the fourth quarter, he's going to come back in the fourth quarter. They, they always think, well, he could suck for three quarters, and then he's going to magically show up in the fourth quarter. And that doesn't always happen. A lot of times it doesn't happen, you know, and it, that fourth quarter comeback never comes, and I think you can't rely on that. I don't know if Eli does necessarily, but you just can't rely on him making that big comeback in the fourth quarter. So that kind of drives me nuts about the guy.
0: What you have to hope for is that the Giants obviously definitely maybe don't start out 0-6 like they did last year, and the season was over before you knew it. Um, even though they have a new offense of coordinator and new system, you would think that um, the the Giants at least were able to contend for the division this year. I, I don't see the Redskins running away for from the division. The Cowboys are, are always a team that chokes in the end. I guess the Philadelphia Eagles are your... Your best shot against uh, the Giants to win that division because, again, I, I don't have any faith in the, in the Redskins or the. Am I allowed to say Redskins, by the way?
1: For now, yes, you are.
0: <laughs> am I without getting like um, you know, upsetting some people uh, from like you know? Because it seems like you can't be PC about anything these days. Um, but you know, I, I don't. I don't even see the point of. Uh, I'll call him Washington right now, just in case I do have people listening that don't do not like the name Redskins. So um, the Giants, I, I, I think that they're going to have a decent season. I don't know if they're going to contend for a Super Bowl this year, considering you know you have some other powerhouses te- powerhouse teams in the NFC. But um, I don't think they're going to start 0 and six.
1: Yeah, of course not. I mean, uh, the fact that they started 0 and six this year still baffles me. If they had started even like 0 and four, you know, two and two or four. They probably would have made the playoffs. Playoffs would have come the playoffs. But, um, you know, I agree with you, sir. I really do. I don't I don't see why people are so big on the Eagles. The Eagles never do anything. The Eagles never win. So until so they prove me otherwise, you know, they can bite me as far as I'm concerned.
0: <laughs> the only other nugget about football, because we will be talking a lot, um, a lot more about football as the season starts. and It's about a month away, uh, a little less maybe. I know the Jets play tomorrow night against the, the Colts in the their first preseason game. There's way too many preseason games. First of all, there's four of them, which could, you know, you know, the stars don't play every single game, and then you get injuries and all that. I think two or three preseason games is fine. It's all about the money, obviously. Definitely, maybe that's why they play four, but I think two to three ideally would be perfect. I guess the only other nugget about the NFL right now is the fact that, and it's getting a, you know, it's getting a lot of press, is that Roger Goodell, and you can find me some commissioner clips as I find this. um, He basically suspended Ray Rice only two games for the, um, I don't know what you want to call it, the incident in the elevator at Atlantic City with his, his bef- well, I guess his fiance at the time before he got married. Yeah. But Ray Rice okay. gets suspended two games for hitting his, his, his future wife, I guess back then, um, when she was drunk and slumped over in an elevator, caught it on camera and everything, and he gets suspended for two games, sir. Um, I, I, would ca- I, I definitely don't agree with that amount of suspension for the guy. I think he's just, she, he should have been suspended for at least eight games.
1: Um. See, that's my my thing is Shit, and my, my daughter's upset Because, uh, you know, Ray Rice uh, did a bad thing Um, <laughs> let, let me just say that. I love doing the show from out of homes Because uh, anything can happen I mean, my daughter literally like, runs out of the room And comes up inside of me And is talking to me And, you know, as I stare glowingly At my WWE World Heavyweight Championship Wait, oh, hold on a second uh, no, that wasn't me kissing my daughter. That wasn't me kissing the title. Uh, back, to, back to the show. Um, you guys are awesome. You know what's funny? My my wife, I mean, the other day, I'm in the hallway, and I pick up the title, right? and i walk walking. I it. said, baby, and I love you, and I'm sorry I haven't paid any attention to you. My wife, of course, looks at me, thinks I'm talking to her. Of course not. I'm talking about the title. <laughs> Woo! Um, wow. Gotta love the, yeah, gotta, gotta love the title. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, let's see uh <laughs> but anyway, wait. Oh, He's a very nice. Gotta love the, gotta love the title, sir. But, um, wait. What the hell were we talking about?
0: <laughs> wait, oh, wait, wait, sir, right away, sir. Bring it back. <laughs> bring it back. <laughs>
1: all right. Sorry, I, I get sidetracked sometimes with all the stuff going on here. Now, my question to you is: Are you said he should have been suspended eight But why should he have been suspended AK? And I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. He didn't do anything on the football field. He didn't do anything that affects his performance on the football field. Why should he have been suspended for eight games?
0: I think that the reason why you do that, I think the reason why he gets suspended eight games is if you want to be consistent, if you want to be fair, you look at somebody like Michael Vick who basically tortured animals and tortured dogs for how many years, Gets suspended for half a season, and then you have and you turn around and then Ray Rice is doing something to his future wife, his fiance, and again, yes, it's not on the field per se because you know he did it at Atlantic City. I just think that people see this, and you're you're going to upset the apple cart, sir. If you're going to suspend Michael Vick for for abusing dogs, then how can you not suspend Ray Rice more than two games for hitting his future wife? yeah
1: I guess if that's the, if that's the way you're going to look at it, sir. Um, and, again, I'm not saying that he shouldn't be suspended, but I just, think it's, I just think it's interesting that, you know, people go crazy, you know, over this and he should have got the Exxon games and, you know, all these games. Now let me ask you a question, sir. This uh, off a this similar topic, it ties into suspension. Who was the quarterback who got suspended in the NFL for something he did in college?
0: Um, would that – hmm. I should know this, shouldn't I?
1: Yes, you should. I'm trying to... I forget the guy's name. I heard about it the other day. He got suspended, I think, four games in the NFL for some sort of issue he had in in college. I don't know if he was taking money or whatever the case is.
0: Yeah, I don't think it was uh, Johnny Manziel because that would have been big news, so...
1: No, I think this is a while back.
0: Yeah, I I don't... Off the top of my head, I do not know. Well, you're just going to say that... That that doesn't translate either. You know, whatever you did in in college shouldn't translate into a suspension to the NFL.
1: I'm just saying, like, again, I'm not condoning what Ray Rice did. Obviously, it's, it's idiotic of him, you know, beyond belief. But I guess I'm just kind of wondering why people are so is, – is it to send a message to kids? I mean, is it because – how does it affect what he did on the field? And the, the, some the, the policy, the discipline the policy is, like, all over the place. You know this guy gets two games. This guy gets four. This guy starts. He gets three games. This other guy takes a crap in the in the women's locker room. He gets you know six games. This guy steals a uh, cookie in in uh, college. He gets three games. Ray Rice beats up his, his fiance. And he gets two games. Like I, I, it seems like there's no sort of uh, real thought out process here. It's just kind of like I'm going to arbitrarily suspend you for X amount of games because that's how I feel today.
0: That's, I guess, that's the biggest problem that I have is that there's no consistency. So the next, you know, the next time somebody does something off or on the field, um, mainly off the field, I, I mean, I'd like to see what this guy, this uh, Commissioner Goodell, would do. Because if I was the commissioner, what would you do?
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, how do you? Uh, Terrell Pryor was the guy.
0: Terrell Pryor. That's right. That's right. But if I was the commissioner.
1: Christ! If I was the commissioner, I'd be out there on Monday. He'd be out, gone, finished
0: go? I use that clip because, um, you know, we're talking about the commissioner of football, so I don't really mean throwing red voice.
1: Uh-huh. Terrell got suspended for the first half games of an NFL season for some issue that he had uh, in in the NCAA. How like how does that even make sense? Oh, uh, it got off. is
0: that all? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean apparently. All yeah. <laughs> well, right,
0: so that that that's all. I just wanted to get your take on that since um, you know, we have uh the millions listening at uh across the world, uh seven one four three six four four seven two one. The next um uh, I guess twenty minutes or after we take a quick break will be mostly entertainment. We'll talk about some wrestling, some summer slime as it's coming up in some TNA and get your quick take on the two quick movies that I wanna get your take on. But sir, Uh, Find me some clips. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk some entertainment. Of course. Hey, this is recording artist Sahara Star, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Be sure to check back every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to tune in to the best Internet talk show on the East Coast.
1: The best Internet talk show, period.
0: Hey, guys, this is actress Sadie Alexandru, and
1: you are listening to Pure Gold.
0: I got two words for you: Pure Gold. Hey, this is Morgan Willard, Miss Oklahoma USA 2010, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Woo! I guess we're I guess we're back. This is. I'm Lisa Mateo of the Pix 11 Morning News. Whoa, Lisa. I'm Lisa Mateo from the PIX11 Morning News in New York. Make sure you check out Pure Gold every week for the best talk radio around. Hell yeah. And, you know, perfect segue to this one.
1: This is Dick Grayson, better known as Robin or Nightwing. And when I'm not fighting crime with or without Batman in Gotham City, I'm listening to Pure Gold.
0: Wow. I mean... Goosebumps when I hear that. I still remember that that night that uh, Lauren Lester joined us on Pure Gold. It might have been two years ago, right, sir? Is that right?
1: It's been a while. Um, As a matter of fact, let me have uh, the monkeys in the back check and see when (laughs) Lauren appeared on on two episodes. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was actually on the uh, the two year anniversary special. Which, yeah, it'll be two years in December. Oh boy.
0: That's crazy. So the reason why I play that clip uh is because I just want to get your take on the fact that they revealed Batman's new costume in the new Batman versus Superman movie. He's got um I I guess he's got to the way best describe it without showing a picture to the audience is that he's got small ears compared to the ears that he's had in the last three movies that the ones that we liked with Christopher Nolan uh, directing. So this one um you know, he's got short ears I don't know if it's more cartoonish or not, sir. Ben Affleck, as we know, is going to be a horrible Batman himself, but any thoughts on, uh, did you see some of the images that they released on the new outfit that, um, you know, Ben will be wearing?
1: I saw some of the images. I saw the, it's, it's kind of like a Batman Return, uh, the Dark Knight Returns, which is a Frank Miller classic from, uh, I think, the, the 90s. I have to double-check on this. Let me just, see. Yeah, I don't want to give any false information. But it's one of the greatest comic books, one of the greatest graphics, 1986, late 80s, mid 80s, Um, I thought maybe it was in the early 90s, but um, anyway, you know, it's basically a story about an older Bruce Wayne, he's in his 50s, he comes out of retirement to fight uh, Superman, who is, you know, working for the government, I mean, it's a really amazing story that he did, um, you know, if you're into that sort of thing, but at the end uh, of it all, of course, you know, he survives, he does his whole, you know, his whole shtick, his whole spiel, um, and that's kind of the inspiration for the Batman outfit for the next movie, and I think that's kind of where they're going. That's why Batman is going to be older than Superman, even though he's not supposed to be, but in this universe he's going to be older, um, which still makes no sense, but that's that's besides the point. So that's where the, the ears are from, that whole look, and of course um, did, you see, did you happen to see the costume for Gal Gadot, who's going to be playing Wonder Woman, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> I did see that, too. Um, and thoughts? <laughs>
1: I mean, she still looks skinny, you know, she she still looks like, I mean, the, the picture's great, you know, it's it set up very well, but, um, I mean, she doesn't look like Wonder Woman, she doesn't look like, you know, yeah. I, I, obviously we have to give her a chance, but I'm looking at the picture right now, and she still looks thin, she looks tall and thin, you know, a little bit more muscular than we are used to her, but absolutely, definitely, maybe not a woman who should have been Wonder Woman in that, doesn't mean that's
0: I mean, the one question that I still have is how do you bring Superman and Wonder Woman back into a Superman storyline when they, they they rebooted Superman again uh, last year or two years ago? And I, I just don't understand how already they're they're going for the big names. They're going for like Superman in the second movie of this reboot series. To me, it's just too soon, too quick. And it's too rushed, if you ask me. I don't know if they're just banking on making a boatload of money on the second movie and maybe making one more. But I, to me, it makes no sense to bring Batman in already on the second movie. I think a third or fourth movie, maybe you could do that. I just I, I don't understand why the second movie, they're bringing in Batman.
1: Uh, I don't understand it either. I mean, it's, what, what they're trying to do is they're trying to launch the Justice League movie, which presumably would come out after this. You know, Marvel did their whole thing. I know we've discussed this technology on the show but Marvel did the whole thing where they, they launched you know Iron Man then they launched Captain America then they launched Thor and then I mean between those movies you know you had about I think four films before The Avengers came out um, now you have Captain America 2 Thor 2 um, Iron Man of course part 2 and then part 3 so they built up this whole thing they tried to do the whole and stuff and that, that didn't work out but they tried to make this a series leading up to The Avengers where they team up with, with you, the problem with DC is that they did the three Christopher Nolan movies, which have nothing to do with this, then you have a Superman movie, which is supposed to be a launching point, they just randomly start throwing Batman, Wonder Woman, I think the Flash is going to make a cameo, like they, they just randomly start throwing characters together, and then it kind of becomes a hot mess, and that's the problem, you know, that's ultimately a big problem where they didn't think this out well, they didn't plan it like Marvel did, and, of course, that's what people are going to compare it to, which is what I'm doing right now. But at the end of the day, I think Marvel got it right and DC got it wrong. And um, I think, I'm hoping that it turns out well, but I I feel like Superman 2 is just going to be crammed with all these different characters and it's not going to really allow Superman to to kind of flesh out. They should have done Superman 2, introduced maybe Batman, and then done another movie, uh, I don't know, a Wonder Woman movie, obviously introduced Wonder Woman, introduced other characters. You know, they they could have done so many different ways, but I feel like DC is kind of doing everything back backwards, as I like to say.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think even Lex Luthor makes his appearance in the second movie, is that correct?
1: Yeah, because he wasn't in the first movie for some strange right.
0: reason. How do you um, reboot a Superman series? And I think that this movie is called, I believe it's called Batman versus Superman?
1: It's called Batman... Uh, Batman. Is it Superman? It's Batman v. Superman, not versus. It means versus, but it's Batman v. Superman.
0: Yeah, I mean, even the fact that Batman is the first name of the title and you think this is a reboot of the Superman series, to me, it just sends the wrong message. I mean, I think they're trying to bank on the fact that they want to, you know, people still have it fresh in their minds that, The Christopher Nolan Batman was a cool Batman. I I don't know how this Batman is going to be, and uh, I'm going to compare the two. I know that maybe I shouldn't because this is going to be more comic book versus real life with the the Christopher Nolan version, but uh, I'm going to compare it. I'm going to just rip it to no end.
1: Yeah, it's Batman v. Superman, which even at that point, why? Why? I like the title title Dawn of Justice. I think that's cool, but why are you going to do... It's it's the whole The whole idea of doing that It doesn't make any sense to me You know, obviously in the the small screen You've got Arrow, you've got Flash They kind of did a nice integration there Where they brought Flash into Arrow Into the Arrow universe And then they're going to do a a crossover this year The second season uh, A third season of Arrow The first season of Flash So they're going to continue that You know, I'm hoping at some point They'll do Green Lantern I mean, you know, DC's just kind of Messed up their movies left and right So it's kind of put themselves in a Tricky
0: situation, I guess you could say. And when you uh, – man, you are the master of segues today. When you talk about messed up situations, let's just talk about briefly, before we just go down the card for SummerSlam, because, again, I don't know what's going to happen next week or so. Uh, We talk about TNA, and you're the one that broke the news to me off the air, and then we talked about briefly with Knox last week, is the fact that the TNA, the wrestling organization that never – was able to compete with the WWE actually might be ending altogether now that they don't have a TV contract. I think they expired in October with Spike TV. So um, give me your take on the fact that they went back to the eight side ring, which I'm, I totally can't stand, and the fact uh, that this company, Dave, this company is ready to go. Yeah, it's ready to go I, I, belly up. I, I,
1: I'm, uh, there's six sides, <laughs> not eight.
0: I don't know why oh, they right. the
1: eight sides. It's not the Octagon. This is not UFC. Get your facts straight, sir. Um, I think that. I think that TNA sucks. I think that TNA gets everything wrong, and unfortunately, they've never really been able to to make good on the promise of being the number two, you know, like the competition to the WWE. They don't have to really compete. They just have to be an alternative, and they've just been an alternative to not watch wrestling, basically. And, um, you know, of course, there's rumors out there that if they don't get a deal, they're going to be done. They're telling the talent that they're still in negotiations with TNA. I, I don't know what the hell TNA is doing, to be honest with you. And I don't think TNA knows what what the hell TNA is doing, you know. And I I know that TNA has, they have the potential to be a good organization. They have a talent. I mean, their roster is supremely talented. But, again, it's really more of like, they pretty much, and we're always compared to WWE, they're filled with WWE rejects and WWE mid-card guys. Other than Kurt Angle and Jeff Hardy, they don't really have guys who would be main eventing in the WWE. And even with AJ Styles, I think that's a problem. They don't have a John Cena type. They don't have a Randy Orton type. They don't have a you know Rock. You know they don't even have a Chris Jericho type. You know they have more like third tier, second and third tier guys in their company. And Kurt Angle in you know well past his prime.
0: Yeah. If the TV, if the if TNA doesn't renew their their TNA uh, their their TV contract. Is there anybody that the WWE goes after um, and tries to sign? I know, that we, like we just said, you talked about AJ Styles, but he's not even there anymore. I, I like Austin Aries. I don't think he's a main eventer because he's not. he doesn't have the build of it. Um, I've always been the biggest uh, person I would actually go after is Bobby Roode because I think that, uh, just like his tagline says, he is the it factor. I really enjoy him on the mic. I think he's got good wrestling skills. Um, any thoughts on anybody that you would take from that, that roster?
1: Um, no, I mean, I, would I take some of these teenage guys? I would, I guess. I mean, Bully Ray would be good if they were going to bring him in as that heel character, which they probably wouldn't. Um, I, I like Bobby Roode. I think he's got talent. You know, you mentioned Austin Aries. Austin Aries is a midget. You know, he's the type of guy who would be a big cruiserweight. I don't think he would do well. With WWE. I mean, then again, you have Daniel Bryan who, you know, made a pretty nice niche for himself. So, so I guess, I guess in that sense, there's always, there's always hope for these guys, but I kind of feel like the WWE, the WWE has ruined the perception of wrestling. I mean, you look at a guy, and I even said it's a snap, oh, if he's not a WWE guy, he would have been an event, you know, and and you <laughs> have a roster filled with these guys, that's all I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about this guy's not a main eventer type of thing, you know? But, yeah. um, I mean, who would you take? You mentioned Aries, but anybody else? And Rude, anybody else, there?
0: Um. You know, wrestling is definitely not the same it was during the Attitude Era where you actually had, like, the lightweights, the cruiserweights, put on a great wrestling show. But there's a a bunch of people from the X-Division, and their names really escaped my mind because I don't really follow it that well. Uh, But they put on great wrestling matches. It's fun to watch the X-Division on on Impact uh, when I do watch it. Um, Other than Austin Aries, Bobby Roode, and... um, I mean, do you watch Jeff Hardy
1: back in the WWE?
0: I, honestly, you know, I don't even know if you know this, but Matt Hardy actually returned to TNA last week.
1: Yeah, yeah. I always like Matt Hardy, but, I mean, do you want him back? Do you want Jeff Hardy back? I mean, um, do you want Anderson back? Um, I'm actually going to look at the TNA roster right now so that we can see who they have. Um, I mean, mister Yeah, Mr. Know, Mr. Bobby Mr. Anderson. Back, Bobby Lashley, yeah. and, you know, do you want him?
0: No. I mean, but... Mr Anderson, I don't you know, we always thought that, that guy had a huge potential and I guess he did something to upset Randy Orton and he just was basically
1: blacklisted
0: and then was kicked out of the WWE and went to TNA. But that's some guy that I always thought had high potential.
1: Hey, I thought um I thought Loki's back in TNA. I thought Loki retired. <laughs> I was like to about him the other day when the WWE had him as uh, as Cabal.
0: I'm sure you thought that Rhino retired too, but he's back, and so is Tommy Dreamer, and all the ECW guys. Yeah, well, they they,
1: they can't find a place anywhere else, so you know they're, they're coming to TNA pretty much. It's pretty much the both of I mean, do you like James Storm?
0: Um, I used to, but the, his I guess his gimmick, his role, um, has really changed, and I I thought that he could have carried the show. Him and Bobby Roode, I thought were the future of that company, but um. You know, I'm not that I'm not that into James Storm anymore as I am as Bobby Roode. I really think can be like I think Bobby Roode. When I think of Bobby Roode, I think the modern day Ravishing Rick Roode. I think he's got that that look, that build, that even that persona to be like, like that. Kind of looks like him too. I wonder if he's related. Um, so it'd be it'd be interesting. And um, you know, closing out the show, I don't. Are you looking at the roster? Do You want to go through it? Or you want to yeah, go through I mean, Summerslam? I mean, MVP is
1: that a guy you think? Wow, he's he's awesome.
0: No, I mean he was he was okay in the WWE, but he never panned out either.
1: I gotta love how there's a separate roster spot for Willow and Jeff Hardy, by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean they've got talent. Eddie Edwards and David Richards are both great. You know, indie guys. Um, who else here? Brittany, you know, never came on in the show. I want her on just so that I can have her, you know, on the program. <laughs> Um, right. I mean, Thomas is still there. I guess Hernandez is gone. He's been gone for a long time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know you want ODB in the WWE, also.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, she's she's hot. Um, you know, she's hot. What about Kamala Um, I like him. He's all right. Um, he he reminds me of a uh, an ECW type uh, wrestler that would make it big in ECW, but again, I don't know how big he'd make it in WWE. Um, these people are just people that I don't know. If anybody could break through that main event ceiling that Randy Orton and John Cena and a couple others have currently in the WWE, um, yeah, I, I just don't know if anybody has it, what, it, what it takes to, to, to main event consistently like these guys do.
1: I mean, do you think that Roman Reigns is going to be a star in the WWE? Let me put it this way. Five years from now, what is Roman Reigns doing? Is he bumming gas? Roman <laughs>
0: Roman Reigns is either mid-carding it um, in five years or retired. Um, he's not carrying no company the way he is. He just Unless they rebrand him, I, I don't see him carrying the company past uh, next year's WrestleMania.
1: Okay, now, you don't see him carrying the company past? You mean not the one coming up or the following one?
0: No, I don't think he'll be. He might be hot for one more WrestleMania. He might main event WrestleMania next year if he's healthy against Brock Lesnar, but um the following year I think that he goes back to midcard. card.
1: Oh what about Daniel Bryan?
0: Daniel Bryan, I think his career might be over to be honest with you. I, I his injury is so severe that he might never come back. He even admitted that he might not come back. Really? Yeah, I mean he was on well I went to a house. I went to a SmackDown and he came on before the, the you know they actually started filming and he he mentioned that this the he might he you know he can't really feel he has like very numbness in his left hand I believe um and was thinking about going for another operation that that next operation is just to make his quality of life better for the rest of his life i don't I don't know if he'll ever get back in the ring to be honest with you yeah well
1: that's a shame they're so definitely a talented
0: guy, yeah. Let's close out real fast though with Summerslam as I have it up here, because what what I want to mention about Summerslam is, and if you look at it, sir, if you go to the website, um, they already have the new W in place for Summerslam. It's like the 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 rumors are confirmed. They're definitely going to go out with the new logo, and you can already see it with the star um, and the Summerslam written. The W on top of the Summerslam logo is the new W from the W Network. So. And I, I already heard that they've ordered new belts, they've ordered new plates. I, I just think they're going to revamp everything. Like they said, the night after SummerSlam, that, that Raw that's in Las Vegas, I believe, will be all new um, new logos and new uh, material, new marketing material. So um, I'm not digging it, but I'm already seeing it on the website for SummerSlam. Yeah,
1: uh, I mean, definitely
0: not, sir. I, I agree with you on that. Um, so let's go through I'll the card there. because I – go No, no, go, go. Let's go through the card real fast because it's already eleven fifty eight. Geez, um, the, your main event is a main event that you know is a legit main event. I think you have John Cena defending his title, titles, whatever, against Brock Lesnar, a guy that you know basically beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania, has all the momentum in the world, albeit a part-time wrestler because the momentum pretty much stopped after WrestleMania. He hasn't wrestled since. Um, he's taking on John Cena, but um, you know, John Cena. It's about time that he loses the strap again, and I hope what I, I really hope they don't try to uh, give him the title for a 16th time. But you know he's still young enough where he probably could win the title another five times in his career, um, which is sad to say. But Brock Lesnar takes on John Cena. I don't see how John Cena doesn't win the match unless if there's a screw job with the the Money in the Bank title contract or whatever. But um, I see Brock Lesnar walking out of L. A as the World Heavyweight Champion. Do you see that?
1: Funny, because you just said you don't see how John Cena doesn't walk away with the title, and then you say a second later that Brock, that Brock Lesnar's going to win the title. Yep. Yeah, there's no way that John Cena... Oh, by the way, oh, hold on one second. Let me just say... And I just kiss the title one more time. Um, <laughs> and that's what John Cena's going to be doing. He's going to be kissing that bug goodbye because he's... Dead. I've actually heard rumors that Cena may be uh, winding down... Not his career for good, but he may kind of pull back on his schedule and you know, be more of like a part-time wrestler, sir. I mean, I've been here for oh, so a He wants to start doing a Hollywood <laughs> movie, so there's a, chance that, there's a chance that he may never win the title again.
0: I mean, I, I'd take that, but uh, Brock Lesnar is a guy that is definitely going to carry. You know what's going to be interesting is that Brock Lesnar is a beast, and he's going to be carrying a woman's title around. I guess they're going to present it to him on Monday, uh, the, the night after Summerfest. Uh, it'd be interesting to see him giving that that title. I mean, uh, the belt that is currently being used, the uh, the new uh, WWE title, would be great for him to hold. I just, it's going to be pretty bad for him to actually hold that new title. I think for the first guy. Wait, you
1: don't like you don't like the oh, you don't want the the new Ws? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know about that, sir, but I think Brock definitely wants to win the title. My only question is, if he wins the title, is he going to hold on until uh, WrestleMania to fight Roman Reigns? Or is he going to lose it beforehand? I mean, him losing the belt would be a big deal. And Seth Rollins has the the money-in-the-bank title shot. What what the hell does he do with that? Because now I can't see him ever winning that
0: belt. You're right. And that's a good segue again. You have a a match between Dean Ambrose against Seth Rollins. And last night... Dean Ambrose won a a match, a beat the clock match over somebody Del Rio I think and he gets to name the stipulation, um I think he named the stipulation tonight on SmackDown the tapings of SmackDown that will be shown on Friday. But um I wouldn't be surprised if if Dean Ambrose, the way they go with it now is that, you know, the the stipulation is that he wants to put that money in the bank contract on the line and I don't see how uh you know, I could actually see how Dean Ambrose actually Walks away with the Money in the Bank contract match if Brock Lesnar is a champion. I mean, that's a possible scenario I see now. Wait, say
1: that again, sir.
0: Uh, I was uh, white castle Oh uh, no! I was saying that the the, the next match I, is a perfect segue because you talk about Seth Rollins never cashing in because you see Brock Lesnar potentially carrying that title to WrestleMania. I see that Dean Ambrose, he gets to name his stipulation um, to, uh, for SummerSlam against Seth Rollins. So wait, I think that... Wait,
1: wait, before you go there, the stipulation apparently is going to be a lumberjack match. So it's not going no. to be for the Money in the Bank title shot, which is what it should be, by the way. It should be. It makes absolutely no sense. Now that I think about it, it makes no sense that that's not the stipulation. Plus,
0: I thought that, that was Gideavis, a given. That- yeah, I thought that was a given. That I mean, that would make the most sense, right, to have a, you know, put your contract on the line.
1: Totally agree, especially because, uh, you know, he's going to be the one making the match. As the faith, that should be. That's, WWE logic, of course, I mean, it makes no sense to, to be honest with you. You know, W WWE, WWE logic, what it would have been, if Rollins had won, he would have said, you know what, my stipulation is, I'm going to put up the money in the bank contract on the line in this <laughs> match. Does that make yeah. sense?
0: You're right. Uh, unless they do some funny business, which we we would mind some funny business the night of the raw, where you know uh, Brock Lesnar presents the, the the world heavyweight title, the one belt now, uh, with the new logo, and he presents it to Seth Rollins. Comes down to the ring, brings his contract, uh, his briefcase, and then instead of the contract inside the briefcase, it's actually a boatload of money, and then they exchange. You know, you know Brock Lesnar takes the belt uh, and gives it to Seth Rollins, and then you know. Gives him the money, uh, and Triple H, you know, calls it legit. I don't see how Seth Rollins is able to cash in because it, you you can't have a heel versus a heel cash in for the money in the back contract, and then you're you're banking on the fact that Brock Lesnar is going to carry this title all the way to WrestleMania. So something's got to give there.
1: I agree with you on that, sir. It, it really, I'd like to see what happens because it honestly doesn't make sense to me what Rollins is going to do with that title shot because before Lesnar, I didn't think Lesnar was now beginning this huge match. Now that he's got it, he's gonna win. When you know? It, the only thing I can think of is, I think if he has not until WrestleMania to cash it in. Well, if we're, if Reigns wins, then does Rollins go and cash it in that night and then win the title? I mean, I, I don't, I can't see Seth Rollins WWE champ to be honest with you, especially not now. But um, I mean, what's the plan there? Do they have a plan? Do they write themselves into a, into a corner?
0: They usually do. I mean, talking about writing to yourself into a corner, another great segue, sir, is the fact that Chris Jericho is taking on Bray Wyatt for a second pay-per-view in a row. Um, and there's no stipulation in this match. There's no gimmick. There's no nothing. And Chris Jericho beat Bray Wyatt last uh, pay-per-view, I think, you know, whatever it was called. What was it, the Money in the Bank uh, pay-per-view? Um, now you have another match with these two, and, you know, the other two Wyatt family members are barred from the ringside because Jericho beat them. Um, where's the end game of this game? I mean, you, you would have to think that Bray Wyatt is going to win this match or else what's the point?
1: I agree, but then again, it's Chris Jericho, so what's the point of any of this, this matches, sir?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no gimmick at all. It's not like a steel cage match. It's not a first blood match. It's not a, uh, you know, loser dies match. It's, it's just a, another regular match. It, it, to me, it makes no sense.
1: I agree, sir. Then we
0: move on and we uh, to a flag match because this is where um, you know he, you go from the the bizarre or the unexplained to the the fact that you know Jack Swagger is now a, a face taking on a a guy named Rusev and I think Rusev's character is a, a horrible character I think the only thing that makes his character is that that blonde bimbo that he has that speaks for for him and Mother Russia and Vladimir Putin, but the fact that Jack Swagger's <laughs> a face now really is very comical to me and the fact that... I love it. I uh, love it,
1: by the way, the fact that he's getting huge uh, up, I absolutely love it because I think Swagger's talented. The whole USA thing will turn anybody's face. What's interesting is I wonder, you know, uh, Kurt Angle's contract is going to run out I mean, pretty soon and he's made no secret that he wants to come back to WWE at some point. So I wonder if, if is he going to be the guy to put, do the whole USA thing and beat uh, Rusev, or is it going to be Swagger? I mean, it's just interesting because they're they're doing the same exact gimmick, but their faces because of the situation that they've been put in. I would love to see Swagger be the one to end Rusev's gimmick. I mean, I, I don't agree with Mike Knox. I guess from last week at all. I don't like Rusev. I don't like the character. I don't like the you know 1985 gimmicks. I just I hate these gimmicks. I'm not saying that he's not. I'm not saying he's not talented. Or again, you know, guys like uh, what the hell's Adam Rose. But um, I just think these stupid these gimmicks are idiotic, sir. And I do think it's kind of back to that '80s goofy, cartoony thing. It's it's becoming that. Um. But I think that you know, at the end of the day, it's it's a it gets a lot of heat. You know, there's there's no way around that. It gets a lot of heat.
0: It does, and it's a flag match, so I don't see how Jack. You know, you can actually have Rusev actually lose this match because he's not going to get pinned. He's not going to get um. You know, he's not going to submit. So. Um, at this point, I think that Jack Swagger will actually win the flag match because you know it's enough. Uh, enough is enough with this whole Russia, Russia, Russia thing. I think America will come up on top, and um, you know Jack Swagger, the face, we the people, which really gets is probably the, the second or third biggest uh, pop these days at a live event is the people getting up and saying we the people, which is you know very interesting in itself. Um,
1: yeah, definitely. You know, you have a, a rematch for.
0: I'd like we the people. to
1: stand up. I'd like <laughs> all the real Americans to stand up. I want everyone to put your hand over your heart and in a loud, clear voice, repeat after me: We, we
0: the people. The people. <laughs> exactly. You have a um, rematch for the Divas Championship: A.J. Lee versus Paige, or, or should I say A.J. Punk versus Paige? I, I, you know this feud. Um, you know it's okay. It's not like red hot or whatever, but it's interesting to see. Um, you know. If Paige doesn't win the the title back, I don't know where the the feud goes from there. So, um, any quick thoughts on this match,
1: sir? Uh, which match?
0: The uh, AJ Lee rematch versus Paige.
1: Um, I think it's interesting that decided to make uh, Paige the heel and AJ the face, considering that AJ was clearly a big heel before she left. Uh, you know, to become Mrs. CM Punk or Mrs. Phil Brooks. Um, I I like those two I think they can put on a good show I think even 10 10 minutes and they can put on a a good match and I think that the women's division with those two at the top looks promising I don't think Paige has been allowed to do or look as good as he did when she was in NXT so I think that's my only concern there
0: yep three matches that I, I, I honestly don't think are worthy of being on SummerSlam you have an intercontinental title defense which yes it's very nice to see an intercontinental title defense at Summerslam, considering that some of the best matches ever were during Summerslam for the, that title. But you have The Miz taking on Summerfest. Dolph Ziggler. God.
1: Summerfest.
0: Summerfest. Sorry. So you have Dolph Ziggler taking on The Miz, and again, they just gave The Miz this title from a 20-man over the top, you know, over the top rope battle royal. I don't see how The Miz actually loses this title. And the the storyline has no sizzle to me, no no nothing. It's it's what it, it's it's blah to me.
1: What I want to see one day is a twenty minute man under the bottom rope battle royal. That's <laughs> that's what I'd like to see in the <laughs> Could you imagine?
0: I can't imagine guys that. Be,
1: guys would be going out over the top rope to middle rope. I mean that that would be amazing. To be honest with you, I would actually love that. I would actually love that. That'd be the greatest battle royal of all time. <laughs>
0: So I'm going Miz only because of the fact that he won the Battle Royal and uh, they're going to keep the belt on him until, my guess is that Ben is better, comes back from his shoulder operation and recovers. So um, going from one bad match to another, Roman Reigns taking on Randy Orton. Um, yeah, I mean, do, do you really see Roman Reigns losing this match? I don't. I mean, Randy Orton's gotten the better of Roman Reigns the last couple weeks now. Usually spells disaster for the, the heel. So I, I think Roman Reigns is just going to obliterate Randy Orton. Um Although Randy Orton probably doesn't want that. He's definitely not going to win the match at SummerSlam. I
1: don't know if obliterate the right word, but, yeah, I think you're probably right that Reigns is going to win it. I can't see him losing. Me. Um, I mean, again, we talked about it before. I don't think that Roman is ready for that big push, but the fans seem to be into him, so I guess we'll see what happens about that. But, um, you know, it should be a good match, if anything else.
0: Yep, and then one last be a very match. It that... physical
1: match, which would be good.
0: Yeah, it would definitely be physically right. And then one last match that, you know, is interesting is another uh, Divas match, if you will. You have Brie Bell taking on Stephanie McMahon. This whole storyline revolving around Daniel Bryan being a B-plus player. And then you have Brie, um, you know, slapping Stephanie, Stephanie slapping Brie. Somebody goes to jail. A match is signed, so she's rehired. Blah, 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 blah. So, um, you know, I I think this might be... What did
1: you think of the pedigree, sir?
0: I think both pedigrees were, were top-notch, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, they, they were pretty good, as a matter of fact. I, I think that Stephanie really pulled it off. And what's interesting yeah. I saw somebody, a wrestling fan that I follow, uh, comment on this. She was saying that, you know, it used to drive her nuts. <laughs> it actually used to drive her nuts that uh, Stephanie was always given the pedigree in the games, and she never actually did the pedigree, and now that she has it, it's like, yeah, I can shut up now. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that was pretty funny. But, um I don't know, I think that uh the pedigrees are good and she's you know, probably gets a pedigree at home from her husband. We're going to tell you?
0: Oh okay. <laughs> so that that's your Summerfest card. Any rumors or any inklings that Sting might show up at Summerfest?
1: Uh, they've they've supposedly been talking about trying to get it to show. I think that'd be a hell of a way to sell a, a, an off month pay per view. Um you know, so it should be should be interesting. I mean I I I think there's no doubt Sting is gonna at one point Rest in the WWE. I'm not just just not sure if it's now or 2014
0: or 2024. Yeah, you know what's interesting too. I don't know if you caught any of Raw last night, but uh, Triple H probably took the fact that the WWE network is 999 a month and actually made it into like a silly joke and just like every time yeah, was, he mentioned something.
1: Pretty, the best part to me was the crowd who was yelling 999. <laughs>
0: yeah. The thing that, I don't know if you caught it or not, is the fact that they only mentioned that the pay-per-views are included for this calendar year. I I still believe that they're going to either raise the prices or not include the pay-per-views next year, and that's when I say sayonara.
1: Yeah, there's no way they can not include the pay-per-views because that's the selling point. I mean, the fact that they way undersold and they've had less people than they thought um, is one thing, but I don't see how you don't include the pay-per-views because then who the hell wants it? First of all, and second of all, what I don't get either is that this thing launched was in February. It's February or March. I didn't play February, actually. It lost. February. Oh and it's August, it's August, and now they're finally launching to 170-some-odd other countries. I mean, when you look at the subscriber numbers, that they've been okay or low average, um, I mean, how much, what kind of boost are they going to get now? I mean, are we going to talk into the multiple millions? Now, with all these people from other countries who love the WWE, Scotland, Ireland, you know, wherever the hell, Spain, I you don't know, Mexico, they're going to start getting the WWE Network. How many other people are going to sign up for it? I mean, are they just going to go off the wall?
0: I think they are, and that's what I guess my concern is that that they they really attract everybody across the world, and then people are in love with the fact that they can watch programming and all that across the world, um, and that's when they decide to either raise the price to, like, something absurd, like to $15 or whatever, or just not include the pay-per-views anymore. If they do that, sir, I mean, it's safe to say that we're both out. Um, don't need to watch that garbage for more than nine 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 dollars a month.
1: I agree. I, you know, I haven't even been using it. I keep getting charged every month, and I've been barely using it, and I haven't even seen some of the pay-per-views. So it's been a total waste of money for me. I guess I got WrestleMania, which is good, so that's about it. But it really hasn't been worth it for me to get the, the WWE Network so far because I haven't been watching the – Legends, you know, table, whatever the hell, Legends Show and uh, Legends House, whatever the hell you want to see it. So I, you know, I haven't been using it. I used to watch some NXT. I haven't been watching that. I just don't have the time for it. So, you know, I don't think it's worth it for me to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I definitely hear you. Um, Yeah, that that pretty much uh, goes through my entire rundown, sir. Is there anything that you'd like to discuss before we close out? There
1: is. I didn't realize it was 12:15, but did you see the? Interesting pictures of uh, Mr. Jerry Jones, sir.
0: <laughs> no, what, what's this about?
1: Well, <coughs> <laughs> woo, um,
0: you really like Google.
1: You know, yeah, I think you need to Google this too because yeah, there, there were some there were some illicit pictures of Jerry Jones that got out there. Him, there's a picture of a woman who looks like she's rubbing her face on his crotch. uh okay. and, yeah, no, I'm not even kidding you. There's a picture of Jerry who's got a woman kind of pressed up against him, and he's, you know, reaching around grabbing her, her bosoms. There's another picture of Jerry. I don't know what the hell he's doing here off the side, but this woman uh, This woman has her mouth wide open, looks like her hands are tied behind her back, looks like her pants are down. I mean, just crazy stuff, sir. Um, so you you, you got to find this. You gotta, do you have your computer in front of you?
0: Yeah, are you watching? Like, is this on Deadspin? <laughs> Yes, yes. I do something.
1: Jerry Jones,
0: (laughs) you old perverted bastard. Oh, God. Oh, baby. I mean, mean, this is the way you close out the show tonight.
1: I'm surprised you're the big football freak I'm surprised you didn't see this I mean, you know, where the hell have you been?
0: Jerry Jones, your cow
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sorry What do you think about that? You have to comment on this So you have to
0: Mistake! No, I'm just kidding, Jerry Jones (laughs) <laughs> where where did um where have you been hanging out with i uh, have you been hanging out at the bunny ranch with Hugh Hefner, holy moly, the one picture of the guy uh, of Jerry Jones with the young blonde um that's yeah. the one I really see I mean that that oh my god, wait
1: you don't Jeez. see the other two pictures
0: oh yeah, there's that one the crotch one yep, and
1: what <laughs> about the other picture with the girl who has her mouth wide open hey she's she's looking for something,
0: yeah, it looks like she's in the toilet, isn't she? <laughs> 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 at least she's taking
1: a crap. And she's it looks like she is. her back. she has her hands tied behind her back, which is why she's so excited. Look at Jerry's about to give her, <laughs> <laughs> give her the oh, thrill God. of a lifetime. Oh boy, this show has just gone down the gutter. I mean, but the thing is, what is the, the, guy, guy, what what is the right? point?
0: <laughs> Jeez. The
1: thing is, this, so. If you're Jerry Jones, what the hell are you doing? I mean, <laughs> <that is laughs> well, you're so a billionaire.
0: Fun. I guess you could do anything you want.
1: <laughs> oh jeez, I don't know. Fuck, we, we gotta end this show because this show has gone straight to hell. We need to. <laughs> we need to repent after this show. Uh, folks, you so much for listening. <laughs> Make sure you tune in next week when I'll be doing the show solo. I'll let you know when. Just tune in, and Joe will not be on the air. <laughs> That's a great way to end, this, end the, the, the JB portion of Pure Go for the like next two weeks. Um, yeah, gotta, gotta love that. But again, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to check us out, com And as we're about to sign off year, please call us, 714-364-4731. <laughs> gotta love that. Um, and for Jerry Jones... Have some
0: guts! Show
1: some guts! <laughs> Get hair! I think I'm going to go listen to that right now because I feel the need to laugh. What's the right. name of your show? Uh,
0: pure Gold. Pure Gold? Yes,
1: sir.
0: I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold.
1: <laughs> you guys are awesome. I got three words for you. filthy old man. Good night, everyone. Steak.